This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. One of these days, I will master the ability to complete a sentence. Scott Owen. Right, what would I know? I'm just the weekend host around here. And Adam Pace. Look, I think of what other choice you have. Starting now. Well, after a four-and-a-half-year wait, we're finally arrived at the Qatar 2022 FIFA World Cup, and it's time on the Brisbane Football Review for us to preview the upcoming games in the Middle East over the next month. I'm joined by Adam, as usual. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. Now, James has not made the cut for the final squad selection here for the Brisbane Football Review, and I'm very happy with that. I'm sure Adam is as well, and two guys who will be, because they've made the cut, uh, Alex and Lynn from Queensland Socceroos. Guys, how are we? Very well, Scott. How about yourself? All right. You're doing well. Is he the Mitch Langerak of the group, or is he the Vol? <laughs> Part of the group. Uh, we'll get to those two players in just a moment. They are <laughs> two really for the sake of I reckon Trent Sainsbury. Talking about the Socceroos. Yes, he is the Trent Sainsbury, <laughs> although he's no, he's no family relation. I can guarantee that much. <laughs> All right, before we get into talking about the Socceroos group in general, what's your expectation for the World Cup? We'll start with you, Alex. What is, what's one thing you're looking forward to in this World Cup? Socceroos excluded. Okay, yeah, thanks for uh, making sure that we exclude that. Um, look, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty open tournament. I, I think, um, you know, now with the, the VAR being a well-used piece of technology, we're going to see even, well, probably see even more penalties at the behest of uh, fans, uh, a lot of contentious decisions. And I think the real X factor is the, the weather and the fact that, we're, you know, the players going to be playing in air-conditioned stadiums and, not a whole lot of them have been exposed to this bar, the, the Asian nations, really. So I think that could really uh, throw up some uh, some up, some upsets and uh, I'm really looking forward to some David V. Goliath action. So you did strike off mentioning VAR there, by the way, Alex. Liam, anything you're looking forward to? <laughs> um, look, Alex kind of stole my thunder there. Really. Like I've, uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, how some of the Asian teams, because um, they have to go through their qualifications, are going to be, um, you know, showing up some of these uh, bigger nations. But we were, but we were chatting off air about some of the uh, some of the results that they had uh, during the week or whenever it was, well, leading up. So I don't know. Maybe maybe my thought process has to change. Um, but look, it, it'd be nice to see like the Saudi Arabias and um, you know and Japan and. Some of those, uh, uh, um, and Australia, of course, but we'll get to them, um, get through to and make some big results and, you know, shock some people. Absolutely. Adam, you were over in Europe recently. Did you manage to get some bribes in over there at FIFA for Australia to get through? Uh, I, tr- I tried the paper bag at the, in Zurich, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that where it went. But, uh, yeah, look, it's going to be a very interesting tournament. I, I think it's mm. going to be one that's not uh, – sort of, we, we go into these World Cups normally and you, you sort of have the, the cream of the crop. But, you know, that normally you say, well, after everything, there's, there's probably you know, six to eight nations that you expect to you know, go well. I got a feeling there might be a couple of upsets in the offering. I think, and that's with the conditions. I think, as as both the boys have said, I think this—that's the real X factor—is the fact that this tournament, the way it's played, you know, in the conditions it's going to be played, uh, the fact that it's coming out of a, um, it's in the middle of a uh, of the club season rather than the end. Um, there, there's a lot of wild cards here, and I think that I think we might be talking in a month's time, saying, "Wow, there's some absolute stunning sort of you know scenarios and results." Mm-hmm. And I think hopefully all the, all the drama off the pitch and all that. I, I hope that's sort of you know, you know, while they are important issues, I think you know there's, there's going to be plenty of time to discuss the merits of that in the post mortem. I just think you know, come come Sunday, we we worry about you know what's on the pitch, and let's hope it stays that way. Absolutely, there's been plenty said about some of the off-field issues regarding the Qatar World Cup over the last decade. In all reality, we might leave those off this show for now because plenty has been said. But Liam, you mentioned you mentioned some of the Asian nations that could go quite well. Mm. Australia got really great experience playing in the Middle East, including in yeah. this World Cup cycle. How important do you think that could be for oh, the Grand Marshal side? It's crucial. I mean, um, those those lads even just out training uh, in the in the um, in the heat, and you know they. Uh, even though it's night time when they train, because you know, because it has to be. But I look, I think the experience they've had playing there uh, through COVID and just uh, because of the COVID restrictions and just in, in general in, in in the qualifications, um, I think uh, uh, I, I would hope that 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 they've that they're grasping that and it's going to um, really really help them um, in in the game situations. Like the more comfortable you are in training, the more comfortable you are in, in your surroundings. It's kind of away home away from home for them. 
So you'd like to think that they're going to be fairly settled and yeah, and come come game day, match day, or that they have, they haven't worried about any of that pre stuff, you know. I've seen Alex unbeaten the Socceroos in Qatar in this World Cup cycle. But it's a, it'd be great if they could continue that throughout the next month. But that's a great thing they can have in their feather, isn't it, to have that unbeaten run on the conference they can take from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, as Liam said, the, the experience of playing in Qatar and, as you said, the undefeated run really will, will hold them in good stead. And, um, look, I, I think that that is something that they'll have over the, the other teams and, and you know, the other teams will probably, you know, not know what to expect from Australia um, in, in some respects. And, and they may think that they can sort of play at 75%, 80% or less. And, and that might come into our advantage, especially with, with the fact that we've had to do it the hard way as well. The, the boys battle hard now. Mm. Um, and and they'll no doubt have that that sort of underdog mentality instilled in them by um, Arnie. So, Yeah. Absolutely. So we might talk now about the 26 players who Graham Hunt has selected to represent the Socceroos in this 2022 World Cup. Adam, just take a breather here because you and I discussed this on yep. the Brisbane Football Review last week. So listeners already know what we think regarding these issues in terms of the squad. And I'll come to you first here, Alex. Christian Volpato was a big talking point. Would Graham Hunt select him? Would he not select him? He did have him in the squad. He said no. Would you have selected him? And what's your whole thought on that, on that process? Um, I'll keep it pretty simple. If the lad doesn't want to wear green and gold, bye-bye. Ciao, ciao, bambino. Um, see you later, mate. <laughs> you've, you've got to want to play in that green and gold jersey. If you don't want don't want to, if you if you have these, um, you know, grandiose dreams that you think you're going to play in the Azzurri, good luck to you, mate, because I'll tell you what, there's about 10 blokes in front of you that have got an Azzurri jersey already sewn up. So if you want to be a, a big dog, I, you know, maybe I'm a little being a little bit salty here, um, but look, I, I just, it comes down to the pure fact that you want to play in the green and gold or you don't, you know, look yeah. at all the, all the other lads in this 26 man squad that have the opportunity to play for other nations, yeah. Jason Cummins, Martin Boyle, Harry Sutar, uh, Tommy Dang, um, you know, uh, Garen Quall, all these other lads, um, I've, I've forgotten a heap, the Alamobile, you know, um, you know, even Jamie McLaren, Jackson Irvine could also, you know, have the opportunity to play for Scotland. But these lads want to play in the green and gold, and that's what we want. As 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 a fan, that's what I want to see. If 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 you don't want to play for for Australia, if you don't have pride in the jersey, see you later. That's as simple as that for me. Yeah. And yeah, on that front, Liam, he, there was an Italian squad named in the aftermath of that soccer squad. He was not included in that either. It sounds like he's still deciding what he wants to do. Where do you stand on it? Would you have had him in your 26? No, no. I'll tell you why. Not, not, I mean, Alex, I support Alex's comments 100%. You want to play for Australia, you would know straight up, yep, I'm playing for the green and gold. Nothing, nothing's going to stop me. That's what you want in the squad. To me, if he was to come in the squad... With all the with all the social media crap that went on over the last over the last year or so, with him laughing at us for for our results, he can get stuffed as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, he he would be coming into the squad, and I reckon he would have been toxic towards the squad. Uh, there would have been too much attention on him. He would have been uh, he would have been just um, batting off all all the all the all the media, and uh, he just would have you know I just think he would have had real proper attitude about him coming into the squad, and I don't think the squad needs that. Maybe over the next four years. He can probably right a few wrongs that he's that he's certainly with his attitude towards towards our football brand, and maybe he might come good. But as far as I'm concerned, no. doesn't uh, deserve quick, it. Quick one, what else from everybody? If you were the Socceroos manager post Qatar, would you call him up to your first Socceroos squad after that, Alex? Uh, not the first one. Um, he's made it pretty clear that um, he wants to take time on it. Um, I look, I I just say to him, mate. Look, focus on your club football, which is what he's come out and said he wants to do. Um, so, look, maybe revisit it um, in the, you know, maybe in a year's time, something like that, maybe even less, um, depending if he has made up his mind. Um, that's that's probably the, the I, best approach. I think a real yeah. test would be once the World Cup qualifiers start again, he wants to be involved right from the start. Like yeah, don't exactly. like don't come in three quarters away through. Oh yeah, it looks like they're going to qualify. I want to be a part of it. If you're yeah. if you want to be a part of this squad and you want to play for the country, you put your hand up straight away from the from the very very first World Cup qualifier. Adam, you spoke about this last week. Would you pick him in your first soccer squad? Uh, probably not. 
I, I, th- I think. I think probably give it time. As as I said last week, my and my viewpoint hasn't changed over a week uh, about that. Is that I think it's a not yet, and I think that goes both ways as well. I think you know maybe you know Football Australia need to just sort of settle down and let let him go off do his own thing. I'd actually like to see him. You know, if anything, if you if you want to sort of you know we we ask the question, maybe you know the Ollie Ruse might be a good. Maybe a good sort of you know, starting point, you know, in the lead up to Paris. Uh, that that might be a good way to sort of rather than sort of the full Socceroos um, sort of you know World Cup qualifier. And then, like, because I agree with both both you you lads were saying at the end of the day, you want to play for Socceroos. It shouldn't be a case of oh, you need to be bribed because of results or that you're going to be there. You you need to want to play. And I, I just yeah. think with him, I'm I'm prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, not yet. But then again, you know, like I said, some of his actions in the past, I understand why people are, you know, a little bit sort of, you know, sour on him. So I think, I think yeah, I think it may be something to revisit in two years' time. But I think at the moment, I think we've got enough coming through, especially post-World Cup, that you get through at least the early qualifiers, especially against those sort of Mino-Asian countries. Agree. Okay, I do think they should keep that line of communication open with him in terms of continuing to make mm. offer the olive branch and let him make his decision whenever he sees fit. As for the rest of the squad, Liam, there is no Mitch Langerak, no Trent mm. Sands, but Garan Quall and Jason Cummins did make the cut. What are your thoughts on the overall squad in particular, the decision well, to omit Mitch Langerak? I think that's an own goal, to be honest. Um, I, I, oh, yeah. Let that, let that one through to the keeper. Um, I don't know. Yeah, look, I think, I think, look, I think we we've we've had a chat as mates, Alex, haven't we? That he's a, he's a second in, in in the Japanese league. He was he was he was a second in, in with the clean sheets in in Japan. You know, um, and as uh, a clean sheet, that's the right word. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Is it? Is it? It just sounds gross, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah, so I think it's I, th- I think that's a travesty. Um, but having said that as well, I mean, there's been lots, there's been a bit of a devil advocate moment here. There's been a, a bit of chat about him as well, not wanting to play for in the World Cup qualifiers leading up to that. So even though I might have said what I said about old mate Italian, um, maybe 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 he didn't deserve. Maybe maybe there was some some, some animosity there in, in, amongst the players and and Emma Graham, and you thought, well, you know. I don't know, I'm, but I, as far as his results go, and how good he's been going, he should be, he he should be in there. But should he be? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a it's a column A, column B for me. He's Australia's best performing goalkeeper over the last 12 months, given Matt Ryan's struggle to find regular yep. first team football. Alex, would you, I imagine you would have had Mitch Langerak there as oh. well. What's your thoughts on the squad overall, and not just Mitch Langerak, but also the inclusion of some of the young guys as well? I just want to quickly, um, I'll, I'll uh, just want to make a point on Mitch Langrack. Apparently, Graham Arnold left it up to John Crawley, the goalkeeper coach, to make the call on the three that were selected. Obviously, uh, Ryan and, and Redmayne were, were going to be picked, but uh, hence why Vukovic got the nod over Langrack, if you want to say. Those so, who have um, worked together in the past, Vukovic and Crawley, are quite a bit. He, so. Yes, exactly. So, hence why... He, uh, yeah, another um, love child of, of the Arnie group. So, um, as for the rest of the squad, um, look, I've, I I can't argue with what I, I'm. I'm pretty happy with what Arnie picked. I, I would have probably picked the same squad myself, to be to be quite honest with you. I I don't think I I I loved that he put Quail in there. I loved that he put Cum, Cummins in there. Um, I love that. Um, you know, Tommy Deng got in there as well. I thought he's really brilliant in the the second game over in New Zealand uh, in in the uh, centenary uh, games. Uh, I love the fact that he had the 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 bollocks to to drop Rogic, uh, Sainsbury, um, and um, who else? There was someone else there. I've no, no. Um, they were the two big ones, weren't they? To leave out yeah. both Rogic and Sainsbury, who he has such a strong connection with, does show yeah. this wasn't just a mate's red selection. He did make mm. decisions which he thought were in the best interest of the group going forward. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The, the only one that might be a bit harsh, felt he might be harshly done by, was Ryan Strain. Um, I thought yeah. uh, he's been playing really well at St. Mirren. Um, and oh, I don't know whether, you, whether you'd pick him over... Karacic or not, I think Karacic has done a wonderful job for us, so maybe he gets a nod on on previous as opposed to, to strain. So um, that I guess that's that's pretty much my thoughts on the squad. 
Mm. Anything you'd add, Adam, after a week of thinking about it? No, look, I think I think it's a, it's a decent squad. I think it's obviously it's a good blend between you know sort of you know experience and those, those players that you know potentially if you know the Socceroos you know get the results you know in, in three and a half years time in the in the US. So uh, I think, like I said, it's a seventeen World Cup debutants, but you'd mm-hmm. expect that you know a lot a lot of those a lot of those players will be there you know in 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 the next cycle as well, rather than sort of going all in. And that, and that's where you would say if they had pick the likes of a Sainsbury, you know, a Rogic, you know, and and that and that sort of ilk. You know, you're thinking, oh well, Arnold's going all in, you know, because potentially this is his last, you know, his last World Cup uh, as the Socceroos coach. And you're thinking, oh, he's going for himself. But it seems as though that you know the selections is also leaving something for the future. And I, I think that's actually not a bad, not a bad thing. There is a real nod to the future, including young Garrow and Qual, who's lit up the A-League, although he hasn't oh. started yet at this point, but he's made a real impact in those games. Do you, Alex, do you think we'll see Garrow and Qual get on the park over in Qatar, or is this oh, purely an experience thing for him to be a part of a, a tournament? Ideally, hope he gets on the pitch, because every time he gets yeah. the ball at his feet, I'm off I'm off the couch, I'm off the seat, and I'm going, go on, son, he's just got magic in the boots. That, that goal yeah. he scored against MacArthur on Sunday, mm. seriously. Like, yeah, that was a good goal. Oh, mate. Like, yeah. um, I, I genuinely hope. I think that's that, that's the wild card up Arnie's sleeve, really. You know, we, we, we're, you know, 60 minutes in against France, it's nil all. You bring on Quail. Trump, yeah. man. Why not? you got nothing to lose. No one expects anything from us in that first game against France. Why not? Hopefully, hopefully we sort of see, you know, at least half an hour out of him in, in at least one of the games. Hopefully, if not, all three, but let's see. I reckon. I reckon we'll be... a moment, Lee, but you give him a game as well. Oh yeah, I, I, I'd start him against France because he he brings that uh, he brings that energy and that pace on the on 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 that on that right side, you know. And um, I reckon you'd be crazy not to start him against France. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's, it's um it's good to see a number of these um of the uh, the Olympic squad down at down at twenty threes. Like it's well, I think it was six. I think was it chosen from there. So. You know they got they got a little bit of experience now with with, with the Olympics. They know that they know what they're capable of. Uh, they got some pretty good um, heads in there with uh, you know with with the likes of Aaron Moy and 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 in in the midfield and directing traffic. He's doing great for Celtic at the moment. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty keen to see Cammy Devlin as well. Um, he's another young bloke and uh, and Joel King as well. I reckon they're going to be two 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 young blokes to watch as well. I think Cam Devlin's going to. I think it'd be great to see him get a get a good run as well. It's a good point that you make about the young guys who got the experience in Tokyo now going yeah. on to this World Cup. But Adam, back to Garen Qual in particular. We saw when he came on against New Zealand with Jason Cummins, the two of them had a massive impact in flipping that game back in the soccer. So would you almost introduce them as a as a tag team and and use that as a double wild card against him, given the two of them have played well against New Zealand at international level, but also for the Mariners they combined so well. I think so. I think I think it's a it's a good you know shock and awe tactic almost. I actually like Liam's um, suggestion that you know maybe start you know Garen Quall and Jason Cummings both in mm. game one against France just yeah. to, just if anything just to go wow you know yeah. they've they've picked you know they've picked um, two players that played one international each. Um, what the hell are they doing? And just just running them you now and oh, I'll on the other side. I just think, if anything, just as a shock tactic, uh, because I think it's the one thing that Socceroos, if they're true to what the rhetoric is coming out of a lot of their press, they've got nothing to lose. That you know, they're not afraid of anyone, and that and that would be the next step. Is that you know what? Go and do something like that, like Star Garen Qual, because I think you know I'm the, the main aim for him. Would be, you know, for you want Newcastle United fans are thinking, oh wow, we've we bought an absolute dime in the rough, or, or the unnamed Portuguese club that's going to get him on loan. Potentially, they're they're going to be very very excited about, you know, what they've got, especially if he can show even glimpses on the world stage. Mm. I think I think it'd be a good combination because they because you know they've been doing well in in the A League hooking up together, so good to keep that uh, that momentum going. Hopefully, Graham Arnold listening to this and takes your advice, Liam, and does start Garen Quall yeah. in that first game against France. But he does have a couple of injury worries to worry about mm. for that first game. He has Harry Sutar and Kai Rolls coming into camp with injury concerns, as well as Martin Boyle. What are your thoughts on those three? Do you think they're going to be ready to play? And are you a bit concerned at the back with those with two players who you might think of the first choice pairing, 
maybe mm. that may not be available for the first game. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, Harry, Harry, Harry's played a couple of games now, I think, for Stoke. So he's he start. I, I, has he played a full ninety minutes yet? He's played. Yes. He's played in the twenty threes a couple of full games. I'm not yeah. sure. About, not sure about the um, first team. Look, uh, yeah, I would. I'd. I'd. I'd, I'd start him and and I'd have him playing. He's height. I mean, crazy height. You know, is you have to have him in there for especially against the French. I mean, there's just you know, um, uh, uh, Martin Boyle. I mean, that's a tragedy if he's out because that's the reason why he's come. That's that's the reason why he's why he came over to Australia to play for us because he wanted to play in a World Cup. You know, he was here and he, and he showed so much promise, and he was and he and he got injured. I think it was the first game of the Asian Cup. He got it was he, he got injured, so he was out. So he hasn't he hasn't proven himself in a cup yet. Um, and I think he be he be he be gutted, and I be gutted for him, you know. Um, but uh, that brings in Tilio, though, you know, and uh, hasn't quite been on the best of form, I don't think, for City, for for Melbourne City. But I saw him at uh, the Japan uh, against Japan in Sydney, uh, the, the game we lost in the qualifier, and watching him play, his little tricks and flicks and flicks that that he does, um, I think. It might be blessing in disguise type of thing as well because 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 Martin hasn't been he hasn't the last few games he's played for the Socceroos yes okay he's he's been there he brings that pace but he I don't think he's I don't think he's the player he was before he got injured you know what I mean like even when he went to Saudi Arabia I don't think he's come back as the same as as the same player he was you know I'd still have him there because he brings so much but Tilio if he comes in. I think I think that's great. I think he I think he might have been a, a little bit unlucky and rightly so to miss out, but to have him back in the squad again, playing on playing you know on the on the left hand side and playing opposite um, Quoll and, and you know I think I, I think it'd be good for him. I think it's good for the country as well. Alex, would you would you separate the two of Kai Rolls and Harry Sutar and have to say well if we've got two centre backs with injury concerns you can only play one or would you just roll the dice and play both if they were your first choice pairing? Oh, that's a tough question. And and you've also got to consider the fact that you've got Bailey Wright and, and Tommy Dang, who are both playing regular football, playing... They lost Degenek as an option as well. De- Degenek, yeah, yes. I think, as oh, well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably preference uh, Dang, and um, I, I'm a massive Milos Degenek fan, but I'd preference Dang and... Um, and uh, Bailey Wright over him at, at the moment, given what we saw from Degenek too in September a little bit on the nose for me. Yeah. Um, that's what happens when you play in the MLS. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, look, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably go with a pairing of, um, I'd probably, I'd probably go Suta um, and I'd probably go with, um, on the spot, I'll go Tommy Dang. I really like Tommy Dang's composure, like the pace that he brings. It's, it, it's kind of like the, the, even though they're playing at the opposite ends of the pitch, it's kind of like the big man, small man, you know, up front that the, the old uh, English teams would play in the four-four-two. But that in, in the uh, centre half variation, if you like, you got Tommy Deng with the the speed and the nous, and then you got Harry Sutaf, the big physicality. That'd be the pair I'd go with anyway. The injury concern, do you add him in terms of having two centre backs? Do a lot of people think of their best best pairing? Is that is that a concern for you? And would you would you split them up as well? Um, I, I'm. It, while it's a shame that Harry Sutar's so, sort of hurt, same same Kai Rolls, um, there's certainly a decent backup. Like, uh, I'd go Degenek and Bailey Wright, personally. So, like, so the two guys are going to do the job. But, yeah, like I said, Sutar does that height is a very, very big commodity. So, yeah, mm. hopefully hopefully he can, you know, he can get right and you know, at least be fit enough to sort of start, at least, at least in the first game. Absolutely. That first game is against France on Wednesday morning, Australian time. Let's talk about the defending world champions because there's a fair bit to talk about regarding them. It's the first first matchup once again, rematch of 2018 when the Socceroos went down to France in that one. But there's a few players missing this time around. When you look at Paul Pogba, is not going to be there. That's probably more of a blessing than a curse when you factor it all up. But also no Angolo Conte. Presnel Kimpembe is out as well. And Rafael Varane, has yeah. an inj- is under injury as well, and they are yet to arrive in the Middle East. Currently in Clairefontaine, Liam, that's a that feels like a mistake to me. Not that's getting over there and acclimatizing early. 100%. What are your thoughts on that? Because it seems like they're setting themselves up for a bit of an ambush here. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think you're all. I think you're, uh, 
something there's something about the French team, isn't there? That they, they they're good, but how the hell they just get results the way they do? They just they just never seem to combine well, do they? There's always there's always something there's, there's always some sort of internalness going on there. And to me, they just they they just don't seem to just don't seem to um, seem to gel that well. And I'm I'm hoping that that's going to be the same with us. But I think not arriving uh, not arriving is just it's not good for me. It's just not good. Alex, also, I believe um, Karim Benzema has also got, got a bit of an injury yeah. concern as well. There's a real Senegal 2002 vibe to this, isn't there, where it just seems like France is setting themselves up for that ambush on the first first game. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I agree with um, <clears throat> both what you said, Scott and, and Liam as well. Uh, there's just something, um, and, and even their form in the Nations League, I mean, you yeah. really want to pay attention to that sort of rubbish tournament that they have in UEFA. Um, the form in that they haven't been good, haven't been convincing. However, you know, some of their players individually are playing well. You know, Griezmann started to find his groove back at Atletico now that he's got that contract situation sorted. Giroud's in and out of the Milan squad, but when they call on him, he seems to score goals. Um, midfield is a worry for me, particularly without Kante for, for France. Um uh, the the Chelsea fans will know all four of them that um, Kante's um, Kante's been a big loss and and you could probably attribute a little bit of that you know Kante not being fit regularly to Tuchel's demise at Chelsea if you want to sort of go down that highly analytical path, uh, pathway so I think that's going to be a big big um, issue for um, uh, the champ to to overcome. You know, Tushmani and Kamavaniga in the early stages of their career tasted a lot of success early. Are they the same sort of player as Kante? Can they perform a similar role to him? I don't think so because no one can replace Kante. He's, he's a phenomenal footballer. Varane in the injury crowd is, is massive. Christopher and Konku up front, who's also out, I thought he was ready to have a massive World Cup. I thought if he if he was playing, the form he's in at Leipzig is just incredible. Um, I, I really thought um, he, he would have set, uh, he would have lit the World Cup up. But uh, such a shame for him, the, the young bloke, but he, he'll get another chance in four years' time, provided France qualify, of course, uh, which they should. Um, he'll get another chance. But, um, yeah, it's a big blow for France. Um, they're, they're sort of dropping like flies. So uh, let, let's see. Let's see what happens. Well, thanks for the update on the Chelsea fan base now doubling in size to four. Let me know when it gets to double figures. But Adam, we mentioned there earlier about the uh, France record in the Nations League. One win out of six games and just five points, sitting third in the bot- third in that group. But, uh, they aren't exactly in the greatest of form at the moment, Didier Deschamps' side. No, and it, it, like I said, you look you look on paper, and uh, it's mm. a very very high powered you know, team as far as you look at look at the, the attack they've got. Uh, but sort of, I think that's where it's sort of left overexposed. Is that you know how how, how do you fit? You know, obviously if they're all fit. You know, Benzema, Mbappe, uh, Griezmann. Uh, I'm just looking at the squad. Dem Dembele also in there. Uh, there's a sort of like it's almost like a Kingsley Coman. Like how well, how do you sort of you know? It's a very very you know attack heavy uh, squad, and that that um, that midfield may be sort of you know, a little bit shaky, but. Um, yeah, look, I think no, I think that might be the problem with with, um, with the French squad at the moment is not really that much balance. It's, it looks like a team of stars rather than a star team. Yeah, Sounds but... a bit like their 2010 issues when they completely completely mm. fell apart both on and off the field. And that's also 2010. Italy defending champions didn't get out of the group for stage. Spain in Brazil in 2014 didn't. Germany 2018 didn't. Liam, do you think we could be seeing a fourth successive time where the defending champions struggle, or do you think France have got enough in this group to be able to find a, a oh, solution? Look, look, we, we're saying a lot about them not gelling, but I think at the end of the day, I think uh, um, with, their, with their forward lines there, I think ultimately they, they'll they make the next round for sure. They'll make the round of 16. But, um, oh, geez, it'd be good if we just had a result against them. You know what I mean? Um, Alex? Yeah. Um, look, they have the quality there to to make it, but I just feel like there's just something in the air. I, I just feel like there's just <laughs> what something. is it you wrote? What is it you wrote in our chat? Uh, France, I, I, France meltdown. 
a France meltdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, w- I was trying not to use those words, but let's go for it. I think there's a French meltdown on the cards here. If Paul Pop was there, I'd be 100% with you that finished bottom of the group because he's a circus all upon himself. Adam, what are, you, what are your thoughts? I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think they're just going to fall in. Uh, to the to the round to the round of uh, of sixteen, I I think that it's not it's not going to be um, impressive, but I think they're just gonna they're just gonna scrape enough points together, you know, through three three games to to get there. Yeah. We'll move on now and talk about the second European team in this group. That is Denmark. They are or they played against France in the that Nations League, came away with uh, with two wins out of two over them in that group. So Alex. They're looking quite strong once again, the Danes. They look very strong side four years ago. Look like they're going to be very tough again. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's quality all over the park. you got big cash for Schmeichel between the sticks. Um, a, a fantastic leader. One of the best keepers going around in, in Europe. Uh, in world football, in fact. Uh, you got Simon Kier at the back, who's a regular at AC Milan. Another really strong player with plenty of experience. Great leadership there. Uh, they've got some great uh, wing backs as well. Joachim Mahler, who's who's playing really, really well at Atalanta, can play left or right side. Absolutely quick, absolute beast of an athlete. Um, not really renowned for his finishes, can supply some half-decent crosses. Though. you got uh, Rasmus Christensen on the other side as well. Uh, you, typically a right back, just moved to, to Leeds United. Used to that high-octane football that Jesse March likes to play at Leeds. So... Um, he'll be a real threat uh, down the flanks. And then you've got Christian Eriksen in the middle of the park pulling the strings. What a great story to see him here at this World Cup after the um, mm. harrowing scenes at, at Euro 2020. Um, absolutely amazing to see him on the pitch. Well, I see him, in, you know, alive, really, let's be quite honest. Um, but to see him on the pitch is even more incredible. Uh, you got Yusuf Paulson up, the, up front there working hard, Um whether he starts or not over Kasper Dolberg or not. So there's quality all over the pitch, um, plenty of experience. Four years down the track, they should be better for that experience in Russia. Um, they'll be a really, really strong side and, and very tough to beat. And and uh, I think they're going to be one of the, the two teams to get through this group. I second your point about Christian Eriksen, a fine upgrade to the Manchester United, if I may say so myself. But Liam, against Australia versus Denmark, it's always been a relatively even contest. The two sides have a lot of similar strengths in the way they go about it. What are your thoughts on that in terms of for Australia? It's a, it's a matchup which I think won't, Australia shouldn't fear, I don't think. Um, look, we, you know, we, we played in the last World Cup. Um, so is it a similar squad? A pretty similar squad than the, uh, from 2018. So, um, look, I've, I, I, I see us getting, uh, I could see us getting uh, perhaps a, a score draw uh, against Denmark, uh, you know, and um, yeah, I think, you know, I think we're all, we'll be concentrating on Tunisia next, of course, but I don't know. I think Denmark uh, is, 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 is hopefully um, we'll get a, a result against them because my knowledge isn't as in depth as what Alex is here with, with the squad. He's, like, he's unbelievable. He's like a robot. So we're going to test him on Tunisia in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so look, uh, I'd like, I think this is this is our place to get a result against Denmark and Tunisia. Um, yeah, I want to see us, yeah, get a get a score draw at, at the very. Of course, I want us to win, of course, but score draw for me, get some points. I was in, and Adam, this is the third group game for the soccer. We should have done these in order. That's my bad. But the, it's the third time, third game around this time, as opposed to the second. As a third game, what's your thoughts on that in terms of if the soccer has had to get a win in that? What, how do you, how do you think that'd be best place to go about it? I just think they just go attack, 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 attack. I think, yeah. I think Dem- Denmark will withstand that. They, they're a very, very solid unit. It, it, it's the actually the exact opposite of how I just categorised uh, France. That you now, other than Christian Eriksen, obviously, who is probably the star player, albeit you know his, you know his, his story. You know, I'm not sure whether he's back to his absolute you know dynamic best but other than that it's a very it's a very solid squad mm. um and like i said they'll be incredibly tough to break down but uh yeah if there's, if there's a like a one nil win wouldn't be without you know realms of possibility if if the soccer is a tra- chasing a result to tr- perhaps qualify but uh yeah I, I i look at this game i think this is this is a good opportunity but also as well if the soccer is not at their best denmark will make them pay 
I can absolutely see that being the case. This will be a really, really tight game. I think as will the second game, Liam, against Tunisia, which is a game a lot of people have penciled in as one to look forward to, not, not just for the fact that it is in prime time here in Australia, given the kickoff, but also a lot of people have kind of earmarked that as the best chance for Australia to get their first win at the World Cup finals since 2010. But they're a bit of an unknown quantity, Tunisia. They came through pretty well in African qualifying. What do, what, yeah. what do you yeah. know about them in terms of uh, what they what to expect from them? Look, I don't know much about... Tunisia, uh, honestly, I don't. I just, I've, I don't know any of the players really because just, I just, I don't. Um, but I, th- I think, I think one thing is, one thing is though, is that Tunisia being being on the on on the African coast of, of the Mediterranean. You think out of all the squad there, out of out of all the teams we're playing, I think they're the ones that are going to be more used to the uh, to the weather conditions than what than what the other clubs are. Uh, so um, look, it, this will be a tough match, but this, but this is the one. Again, with my lack of knowledge, I'll probably be laughed at. I don't know, but I, I look. I think this is this this is the one where we need to get a result. You know, qual top bins, ninety fifth minute for the winner. What do you reckon? That sounds perfect to me, Alex. You can put down the encyclopedia now and tell us a bit about the <laughs> squad. All right, let's go. Uh, yeah, so look, um, you know, we're talking about Tunis Tunisia being an unknown quantity. I was reading an interview with Wabi Kazri, who's a star man, uh, once of Sunderland fame, once when they were last in the EPL uh, about five six years ago. Um, he also admitted that Australia is an unknown quantity to them, but he was highly respectful. He said, look, we it's a World Cup. Everyone is there for a reason. They're, they're obviously a quality side um, and, and they'll they'll go about their business. Um, so Wabi Kazri, he's the main man. He's sort of the, the number nine or, you know, quintessential uh, modern day forward cutting inside on his right foot. He's handy with his left foot. He plays in league. Uh, for um, ooh, uh, Montpellier yeah. at the moment, um, <laughs> so he's a he's a real star. He's one we've got to watch. Uh, Elish Skiri, I've probably murdered his yeah. uh, pronunciation of his name. You he said plays it better for, than I would have said it. So, thank you. <laughs> he plays for FC yeah. Cologne. He's he'll be the conductor for for this Tunisian team. Uh, the, the 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 tempo setter, uh, maybe the the poor man's Aaron Moy for, for Tunisia. Um, so he'll be another danger man. They've got Daniel Braun at the back too, who's playing in uh, Ligue 1 as well for... No, sorry, I beg your pardon. He was playing in Ligue so 1. Now he's playing in Serie A. Yes. Thank you for pulling me off on that one, Adam. So uh, he, he's a big man, uh, likes getting in the duels as well. Jan Valery uh, of Southampton fame, now at Angers in France. He uh, will be playing right back, I'd imagine. Uh, great young player, was convinced by the Tunisian Federation prior to the World Cup to play for Tunisia. So he'll be another one to look out for, and I'm sure they'll have a few other um Good players there. I mean, they did really well in the Kieran Cup uh, back in June. They knocked over Chile and Japan on their way to to taking that trophy in the June international window. So, look, their form's nothing to be sneezed at. Um, I think they'll be a little bit tougher than than we're probably giving them credit for. So, uh, look, let's see what we can do against them. It, it'll be a great challenge for us. So, Jan Valeri was the, the right back? Yes. He'll have a really tough top job job against Garan Qual if Liam's prediction turns yes. out to be true. But I think, Adam, everyone seems to think this is the game Australia have to win if they're going to get out of the group stage. Is it the way you view it, or do you think it's going to be a, a tougher game than a lot of people think? Because I think this is going to be actually be a lot tougher of a game because the expectations will be there on the Socceroos. I, I think, yeah, this is the game I think everyone's penciling in, hoping that, uh, that you know, the Socceroos can pick up a win. Uh, it's going to be a lot tougher than what people are giving it credit for, but it's certainly possible. Uh, I think the one thing I just, I, I can't rematch uh, uh, Alex's facts and figures about, uh, about the Tunisian squad. The only thing I sort of, I, I picked up just going through the squad is that seven players pl- play in the Middle East for, for respective clubs. So I think that might include two players that play in Qatar, in the Qatar Stars League. So I think it's a little bit of, um, I, I guess, you know, having that, you, you can't sort of rely on that whole, you know, melting in the, melting in the, uh, in the in the Qatar heat, I think that these a lot of these players are going to be equipped for it. So I think it's going to be tough. I personally think this is going to be this is going to be a draw, 
But uh, look, it's again, uh, it's it's possible, and I think the margins are so fine that you know potentially one or the other, you know, will be eyeing off this game. I know the Tunisians are probably thinking exact opposite of what we are saying. This is their three points and potentially a ticket to the next round. Um, I, I think the margins are so fine that might be you know one moment that could separate this and pretty much shape the group. Absolutely. So now it's time for us to make our group predictions for Group D, and I will go first on this one, and I will say. Denmark will top the group on seven, on seven points. Points. France will be second on four points. Australia will also be on four points, but will miss out on goals on goal difference. So Tunisia will be at the bottom on zero. I also have Australia beating France in the opening game. I think it's absolutely Ooh. set up for a Senegal 2002 remake. I think that's absolutely going to happen. I think they will draw with Tunisia and they will lose against Denmark. Well, France beat Tunisia in the last game by enough goals to cancel out the goal difference. Alex, what's your thoughts on the way this group is going to play out? Um, yeah, Scott, I uh, agree with you. I think Denmark's going to top the pool. Um, I'll, I'll go with seven points as well. Uh, I, I, I just think that that's, that squad's quite strong, and I think they're, they're, uh, they're right in the zone there. Um, the romantic in me has Australia on four points and coming through to the round of 16 uh, with... Uh, yeah, an opening day win against uh, France. I think that's where we'll get it. I think the draw will happen against um, uh, Tunisia as well. Uh, one all draw. Uh, and uh, I have France in third uh, on three points. They only pick up the win against Tunisia on the last day. Um, and I have Tunisia on two points. So Alex has faith in Graham Arnold's side. Liam, do you? Yeah, look, I... I... Alex and I have chatted over the over this, uh, and we talked about it a fair bit. And um, I think it's time. I think it's time for us to step up. I think we've got we've look. We've had that many knockers over the last the last few years. And look, and to be honest, I was one of them. Um, and they showed so, and they showed what they what what was possible when they really put the heart in against Peru and got us through. I think there's been a lot of heartbreak for that for that squad, some, some, some hard losses like against China and that. Um, I think it's time for us to step up and to, uh, I know I, I want them and I would love them to stand up and give the rest of the country a big middle finger and say, look, we did it. So I want, um, I want um, Denmark, Australia, uh, France and, and Tunisia. I don't know about points and all that. I just, that's, that's just, that's just how I see it. I want us to go out there and show the rest of the country that we can play football because we've been knocked so many times and we get so much so much crap in the media and so many punters on, on social media, I want us to give us a big middle finger to everybody and say, look, we did it. With possibly, I think this is this is possibly the best squad to do it. We weren't, the squad wasn't there last last time. We've got some great young players coming through. They're going to they're gonna shine as World Cup. Hopefully you're right. I think it's going to be more 2026 than this time around. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Adam, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this group? Um, I think I think Denmark and France both finish on five on five points. I think Denmark will get the number one slot on goal difference, and Australia and Tunisia two each. Uh, it, it, like I said, I, look, I agree. I, I look, I'd love to see Australia get get a win. Um, I just yeah, I just think they're. I think yeah, this this squad. I think it's it's still a building. Uh, for, you know, I think you know, four years time in the USA definitely. I think you know, it might be round of sixteen or bust, especially especially you know, given the expanded format. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it it is a tough group. Um, I, I think, but I I think that you know the the, the points themselves. I don't think. Well, well, I tell. I think yeah, you know, Australia will will you know make make the country proud. I think they'll perform valiantly, but I think they'll just fall short. I think yeah, the France game that's the game where I'm, I'm going to know. I just think that they're going to somehow the uh, Le Bleu are just going to somehow their their star power is just going to get them over the line. I think it's going to be a case of close but not close enough. But I God, guess. I but God, I hope that yeah you know, we can knock them off. It would be wonderful. And I certainly think whatever happens, the, the nation we're certainly watching, and they'll do the country proud. Now, we'll go through the other other seven groups very quick. Don't worry about points or anything here for the rest of those groups. We'll start with what I think is the least interesting group, and that is Group A featuring <laughs> the host nation, Qatar, <laughs> Netherlands, Christ. Senegal, and Ecuador. And I think so group's pretty clear. I think Netherlands will sweep the group, and Qatar will be in second. Liam, what are your thoughts on Group A? Uh, Netherlands, uh, Senegal, uh to go through um, Netherlands. Look, I think they, I think they're going to find it harder. Uh, I think uh, 
our old mate Virgil's not in the best of form. Uh, so I think they're going to leak a few goals. And, um, the, yeah, it's but, – but they'll still get through. But Qatar, no. I've got, I got Senegal going through. Alex, no, no, look, you want to defend your mate Virgil van Dijk here? I do, because you know why he's been terrible this season? It's because he's been saving himself for this very moment. <laughs> World Cup, wearing the armband for the Urania. He wants it. He wants it. He wants it because he's wearing orange. And for, those um, don't, for, and for those who are listening who don't know, Alex and I are Liverpool supporters, so we're kind of... I, uh, I think I'm always everyone knows. I don't know. I'm always but, the downer, and Alex is yeah. always the, he's always the upper. <laughs> Oh, I personally think he's out of form because of who he plays for, but that's just me. So, Alex, I have um, Netherlands going through, uh, but I have Senegal going through. I don't know that the brown paper bag is going to be enough for Qatar. Um, I think that also, though, Senegal with the Mane injury could be in a little bit of strife. I think they've got enough quality, though, in the rest of their squad to get them through. So, uh, that's why I'm going Netherlands and Senegal. Adam, do you think Qatar have enough brown paper bags to get their way through, or do you think they're going to be out in the group stage as the second host to not make it through after South Africa in 2010? They won in 2010 when they got the World Cup. They ain't winning anything else. Um, look, I, I think I think it was. Um, I think if if I think Sadio Mane, if he was in for Senegal, I'm thinking this is like seven points each for Senegal and uh, and Netherlands. But I think with him out, I think that that puts Netherlands over top. I think they're going to go three for three. I think uh, Senegal can finish second on, and they'll get six, and the other two can fight out. Ecuador, Ecuador, and uh, Qatar. They'll be they'll be playing for third place uh, on Sunday night. Just pointing out, Qatar are the reigning Asian Cup champions. It is worth pointing out. Or moving on to Group B, featuring a nation not many of us like England, United States, Iran, and Wales. It's been an interesting group here. This one, Liam. What are your thoughts on on this group? A lot of focus is always on England. Is it um, I th- I think going to come home this time, or is it another false dawn? Uh, no, I think I think England, England and Wales will get through. It'd be either either I don't know who's going to top, who's going to come, who's going to be second. I don't know, but I think England and Wales will get through. I think. Iran will come close. USA is still building. They had a shocking uh, um, last World Cup. Well, they, well, they didn't even qualify. So um, I think they're, they're still rebuilding. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't see them getting through. I see England and Wales. Yeah, three really close teams in this group. Alex, other than England, what are your thoughts on who's going to get through in this group? Uh, yeah, I'm going to side with Liam. I think Wales will join England in the round of 16 in this group. Um, Iran will run them really close. Um, Carlos Queros uh, in charge of them. Uh, master the tactician. 17th time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be a tight run thing between those three. No Ben Williams to derail Carlos Queros as Iran here. Adam, what are your thoughts on this? On this group, this is a this is probably of all the groups. This is probably the group of death. I think this is a very like you said. The group A was just was just boring. Uh, <laughs> this this is going to be a fascinating group because I think we all as as Australians, I think we all are hoping that England sort of you know, stumble and splutter and fail. But uh, look, I England, I think will somehow, some way, they'll they'll get enough points to win the group. I actually think Iran are going to finish second. I think uh, I think this is in their backyard. I think they're a very underrated team. I think they can eke out enough results in these in these conditions to finish second. Uh, USA and Wales for third and fourth. Well, you both, uh, Liam, Alex, you both mentioned um, out of form, high priced central defenders. Well, England have got one of their own who can't get a game for Man United, you know, and they're kind of dependent on him at the back. But I do think England will top the group here, and I agree with Adam. I think Iran, in what is almost a home World Cup for them, being played. In the Middle East, I expect them to have massive amounts of support in the stands in Qatar, and I think they will stumble through in second place. Moving on to Group C. What is Group C? I just lost my notes here for a moment. Group it's C. Argentina, Argentina Saudi, ah, Mexico. Yes, the Argentina, Mexico, yeah. Poland, Saudi Arabia group. Liam, who do you think is going to get through in this one? Uh, I think Argentina and Poland. I want, Sa- I want Saudi Arabia to finish so last that they bomb out completely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like him. Haven't liked him since the since. You know, I just don't like just. Sephora so, so two thousand two. Like you want one? Uh, of those? it goes back to Adelaide Oval. <laughs> ah, yeah. Uh, a few years ago, and uh, yeah, no. Well, you'll like my prediction then, because I have them finishing bottom of the group. But I have Argentina and Mexico getting through. Mexico quite often do well in the World Cup. A good mix of experience yeah. and and youth getting through. Alex, what are your thoughts on that group? Yeah, I agree with you, Scott. Um, Argentina. 
clear cut nine points uh, cruising into the round of 16 will be tied out of Mexico and Poland. Lewandowski's last World Cup, you'd imagine, playing pretty well at Barcelona, apart from getting red cards. Uh, but as you said, Mexico have this uncanny knack of making the round of 16 and not going any further than that, or, or if so, to the quarters. And I think they'll do it again here. Uh, Adam, uh, Poland, not just a one-man team with Lewandowski, or am I missing something? Uh, I think they're a two-man team. Well, they got, they got uh, yeah, uh, who uh, whose name escapes? Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, you think in the midfielder? Yeah, um, yeah. Shilinski. Uh, hang on, <laughs> I'll get no. I'll get back on that while I'm while I'm thinking about this. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, I think Argentina straight through nine points. Uh, Lionel Messi, I think, I reckon he will uh, in his last World Cup. I think he's going to be an abs- he's going to absolutely star, and uh, I think that. Uh, I think that for second, I think Poland, I think Lewandowski is going to be uh, amongst the goals, and so will uh, Milik, who plays for Juventus. Oh, yes, Mr. Arkadius Milik, yeah. That's who it was. Uh, they're a two-man team, but i still got them not getting out in the group uh, the group stage. I will skip group dicks. There we go. We'll skip group yeah. dicks. We've gone over that extensively. And Alex, we'll move on to group E, Germany, Spain, Japan, Costa Rica, this has got to be the group of death, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a spicy one, and it's really, it's really difficult to pick. Um, I, as much as I want to put Japan into the round of sixteen, I don't know that they will be able to get it. Costa Rica, they're 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 a bloody good team. Um, they'll they'll run these uh, three other opponents um, right to the wire. But in saying that, I've got Germany and Spain going through uh, in this one. <laughs> Yeah, Costa Rica used to be a good team in 2014. They struggled to get past New Zealand in the playoffs. Liam, what are your thoughts on this group? Um, I see I see Spain and Japan. I mean, Germany uh, uh, getting through. Uh, Costa Rica, I think uh, they I think they went right to the end of qualifying, didn't they, Costa Rica? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they played New right, Zealand in the playoff. Yeah, there you go. So, the, so, so they went right. So they went right to the end. So I just look. I've got and I can see Japan. Germany, look, look. They had a they've had a horrid last few years with 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 regards to results. Um, I don't think. Uh, look, I'm 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 putting in Spain and Japan for that. Adam, uh, I I'm gonna go with the old firm. Uh, Spain Spain to win the group. Germany finished second, but I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fairly tight. And I think all eyes are gonna be on the 27th of November uh, when uh, when uh, Spain and Germany meet. I've got Germany topping the group for tactical reasons. With Spain preferring if you're second in the group for matchups. Further on down the line, but I think they are the two best sides. Japan are desperately unlucky to be in that group. We'll move on to Group F now, Liam. Morocco, mm. Belgium, Croatia, Canada, two. A semi-finalist from four years ago, a finalist, and then mm. two nations which have a bit of an unknown. Uh, Croatia, and uh, we'll top the group. Belgium uh, for second. Canada, Morocco, no, no, uh, no showing at all. Alex, I mean, Croatia were in the final four years ago, but it's a very, very similar squad. Have they got one more run in them, or, have, or is I this the end of the don't. road for the for the Croatians? No, I think the Croats have got another run in them. I, I really like this team. I think they're smoky. I think they're going to go right to the, to the, the pointy end. Uh, Luka Modric. Luka Modric, sorry. What a player, seriously. Mm. Unbelievable, that bloke. Um, and I think he'll get them right to the pointy end. So Croatia and uh, Belgium are topping this group. Absolutely, Luke Modric, what a player indeed. Adam, what about Belgium? They were a semi-finals four years ago. A lot of people think they can go at least one step further. Are you one of them? Um, I think they can get back to the final four. I think uh, it's surely that with the quality in this, this team, uh, Belgium, surely this this is the opportunity for them. Um, I think they win the group. Croatia finish second. Yeah, I, I agree. I cannot really see the others uh Canada and Morocco really featuring. Canada are an interesting team, I think, but I think they're they're probably four years time away on on home soil. I think that's I think this is more about experience uh, for them. They've got some good young you know, players, are you know, sort of starting to creep up to world class. But I think four years time for them, so this will be a good experience for them. Yeah, I would say that's certainly the case. There'll be a threat at home in four years, but for, just for now, it'll be Belgium and Croatia going through Group G. This is Brazil, Switzerland, Cameroon, and Serbia. And I'll go. First of all, I think Brazil are going to sweep this group quite comfortably, and Switzerland will get through in second. Um, Liam, what do you think? Uh, Brazil for sure. They'll 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 blitz it. Um, now second place. Oh, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I think Switzerland will get through, and um, Cameroon will finish will finish bottom. Easy. Alex. Ah, hmm. uh, yeah, Brazil. Uh, one of the favourites, rightly so. They'll sweep it. And second, I think it's going to be a close one. Thing. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to pick. Um, I think I'll have to go with Switzerland. I just think they've got enough there to to get over the uh, the Serbs and Cameroon. Uh, to be honest. Absolutely. The non-Brazil games could be very interesting. Adam, who have you got coming through in scoop? I imagine you have Brazil topping the group as well. Oh, Brazil! Brazil blitzes. Knowing it, they'll they'll dance into the next next round. I think they'll they'll probably probably have the best uh, probably have the best goal difference of, of if you put them, all the teams out of the round. I think they get probably number one seeds going into the knockouts. Uh, for second, oh, it's gonna be it, you know for mine, it's gonna come down to the final game. Um, you know between Serbia and Switzerland, who goes who goes through. I, I've got to make a prediction. I'm leaning towards Switzerland only because they'll have the points on the board before, and Serbia will probably be chasing the points. So I'm going to say Switzerland, but uh, yeah, just just. And but poor old, poor old Cameroon, I think can get duck egged. I think in this group. So no 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 Italian ninety two vibes from Adam with Cameroon there, unfortunately. Yeah, sadly not. There's no Roger Miller running around them at the moment. We'll have to wait and see if they've got an reincarnation coming. Finally, Group H, our old friends, Uruguay, and their divine right, South Korea, Portugal, <laughs> and Ghana. Alex, do, they have a, do Uruguay have the divine right to get out of this group, or are they going to stumble? You know you know what? So I'm going to come clean. I was on Portugal as my spokey for the, for the World Cup win uh, prior to this Ronaldo rubbish that's going on right now. I think that's going to derail them. I don't think Portugal's going to make the round 16. I think Uruguay with their mm. divine right will top this pool. And I'm going a little smoky here. And I reckon Uruguay, no, I've said Uruguay, of course. Uh, I reckon South Korea will come second in this group. Liam, are you as pessimistic yeah. as the whole Portugal look, thing? I, it's certainly a massive distraction with what Ronaldo's come out with. Oh, look, and, this week. And, I, and I think and I think it'll be a distraction in the World Cup for the whole squad. because uh, he'll because he'll be grumpy. And when and Ronaldo's grumpy, everyone else is grumpy. And I think you, and I think as a United fan there, Scotty, I think you can probably agree with that. Um, so look, I have I have Uruguay um, uh, topping the group, and yeah, I'm 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 riding on Alex's coattails here, and I'm and I'm, and I'm thinking, uh, career career republic. I think uh, yeah, I don't think Portugal are going to go through. We don't have enough time for me to go into my thoughts on Cristiano Ronaldo and his comments over the last few days, but I do think they will get through in this group because I think he also will have a point to prove that he still believes he is one of the best players in the world. And I think they will somehow top this group, but with Uruguay coming through in second, Adam, what, what's your thought? Will, as you call them, the Republic of Ronaldo have one more run in them or is this going to be the end of it? Well, first of all, happy 17th anniversary to our mates in Uruguay. But, as, <laughs> but uh, with, with that that said, I do agree with you boys that I think, yeah, Uruguay are going to win this group based on the fact is that, yeah, the Republic of Ronaldo will probably take a bit of time to actually um, so get their act together. But I think they will get their act together eventually to make it through the round of 16. So Uruguay and uh, the Republic of Ronaldo to the, to <laughs> the uh, next round. Okay, so that is the eight groups. We won't get through our predictions for the knockout rounds and all the rest, so we'll just skip no. right to the end of it and go with one-word answers for Golden Boot Player of the Tournament and winner. We'll start with you, Alex, with your pla- with your Golden Boot. Golden Boot will be Lautaro Martinez for Argentina. I second that. I had him as my Golden Boot as well. Liam, what have you got? Uh, I'm going with what I know, and that is the EPL, and I'm going to go with Saka from Arsenal. I was expecting a good run from England. Adam, what do you got? Um, I'm going with Gabriel Jesus for Golden Boot. Okay. All right, we'll move on to player of the tournament, and I will go firstly with Brazil, and I'll say Neymar, player of the tournament. Liam, who's your, who do you expect is going to light up this tournament? Um, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Messi. I think this would be his last World Cup, and I think he's going to blow that Christian Ronaldo out of the park. Alex? Yep, going to agree with uh, Liam, with Lionel Messi winning the golden uh, ball. Yep. Adam, are you going to make it three votes for Lionel Messi here? I am. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, I think this is this is uh, his time. The, the I think the final piece in the Lionel Messi legacy is that World Cup. And I think, and I'm probably giving away my answer for the next one, but I think Lionel yeah. Messi, the golden ball. Well, you can go first here, and then since you have said you are going to pick Argentina to become the world champions. 
Yes, I do. I think it's it's, it's Lionel Messi's time. I think I think he's actually got a good cast around him of experience and and sort of you know up and coming world class players. I think this is I think this is the opportunity. I think that Argentina has been waiting for you know for for many many a year now. Process well, obviously since 1986. And I think uh, yeah, I think this is this is Argentina's time. And I think Lionel Messi he'll get that final that final trophy that will sort of cement his legacy as probably one of the um, invincibles of of world football. History. Alex, you've picked Lautaro Martinez and Lionel Messi. I imagine you're going to go for Argentina as well here. Yeah? Don't you know it, Scott? Yep. As uh, Adam said, this is probably the most balanced Argentina team in, in my lifetime, I'd say. Incredible quality all over the pitch. Players playing in, in big leagues all around the world. Strength and depth. Messi's got a, 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 a team around him, finally. He doesn't have to do everything now. Um, which makes Messi more dangerous, mm. in my opinion, uh, and and it's Argentina. Liam? Yeah. Look, um, not Portugal. Anyone but anyone but France. Definitely not Qatar. And I think um, Argentina will get it. Oh, so it is Argentina. I was, I was going to say, well, Ecuador and Cameroon in the final for you then, or? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're going with Argentina as well. Argentina, yeah, Argentina, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think, can't dispute I, that. I think, I think. As Edward said, this is going to be the final hurrah for Messi, and it's going to get right under the it's going to get right under the skin of Ronaldo, and um, and I I love to see that it's going to be and it's going to be Messi's uh, uh, final uh, uh, final final World Cup, and it's going to be Oregon. It's going to be a dream for him. Yeah, well, I picked Neymar as my player. Of the That's because I think Brazil are going to be a one man team where he's going to score so many goals that he's going to be the star of the tournament. But I also think Argentina will win this World Cup. I think they are the most well-rounded team. They've got a really good mix of players. It's probably the, it is the, it's a far better team than they had in 2014 when they made the final and maybe should have beaten Germany, but I think Germany were better then. Argentina are the best team now. They've got a proper striker now in Lauturo Martinez and with him and Di Maria and some of the other players they have up front, I don't think Messi will be required to do as much and with uh, Martinez at the back, who's been so good for Man United. I think they've got a good back line to cover them as well now, so I think they will be the world champions. It should be a fantastic month of football no doubt yeah completely agree for that scott um but yeah i, I can't wait I, I honestly yeah i'm so excited like a kid before christmas i really. think i think the round of 16 this this world cup is going to be the best the best round of 16 i think that we've ever seen and hopefully it's the last world cup we see in november i think we all agree on that one Amen. To that. Absolutely, and that's why I think that's why I hope that I think hopefully the football on the pitch will make us forget about, as I said, the issues that are off the pitch. So I said, mm. as I said at the start, you know, we can debate till the cows come home about how Qatar's got all the issues that are surrounded, but at least for the next you know month, let's enjoy the football. Absolutely, we might come back once the Socceroos campaign is done to recap their run in Qatar. But for now, Adam, Liam, Alex, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you to Alex. He's just, he's just, he's just, you know. Actually, before we go, Alex.com. Yeah, that's right. I was, I was waiting. I've been waiting. I almost forgot to mention this as well. You can find us on Facebook at Queensland Socceroos fans, of course. And on Twitter, you can also find us at QLD Socceroo without the S fans as the Twitter handle. For those for those that are listening, we're recording this on Skype and we can see one another. And it's funny to see Alex there has a phone in front of him reading out our but he's still screwing it up. I don't know how it's possible. Don't be giving away our secrets here, Limit. One other plug before we go. I believe the live site that people want to watch in Queensland is at the pig and whistle at Eagle Street in Brisbane, yeah. also the casino down on the Gold Coast is yeah, where yeah, people want to yeah. get out and watch the games in a group. Liam, that's where they can go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, big, big shout out to, I mean, Alex and I are also involved in the um, the Australian Active Support crew with uh, with Blaine Threadgold over there in Perth. And and uh, he's 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 done amazing things his last fortnight. He's he's, re, he's he's rung around so many venues and we've given a few a, a few ideas as well. So get out to... Uh, yeah, wherever. I mean, yeah, we've organised pubs, but I'm, there's a lot of uh, local clubs as well that that could do with your money for for a few beers and maybe go to the city for a pizza or something. And and um, yeah, go, go out, enjoy, soak it all in, and you know, and let's and let's watch our soccer uh, lads get up. You know, it's going to be fantastic.
just, just quickly, because there are a lot of clubs actually who are doing that for the Tunisia and the France game, Adam, that have got offerings on. So if you do have a local club near you, maybe have a look at what what they've got. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, we've organised all the venues and pubs and all that, and they're and they're going to be full no matter what. But you know, if you if you can't be stuffed getting into the city, and, and, and let's be honest, sometimes it's it's more hard to get in here with, with get home with public transport in Brisbane than anything. Uh, yeah, go go support your local club. Yeah, just just one last thing, and just I just want to uh, make a point about those about going to live site like the Pig and Whistle. We mm. we uh, us three, Scott was uh, I think he was out of commission, but we we were at the uh, live site at Pig and Whistle uh, for mm. the France game four well four yeah. and a half years ago. That yeah. was a great night. It was great. I, it was packed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, mm. you could not move. No, and yeah, I, and I the hope worst that podcast we've done though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. but uh, yeah, but like I said, especially that Tunisia game in prime time. Yeah, I, I oh, say get out there. You yeah, know, if, let, let's you know show Australia that you know we we love we all love football. I'll be down the Gold Coast for that one. I'll be at the casino for that. Absolutely, wherever you're watching, enjoy the World Cup. We'll talk to you once again on the Brisbane Football Review next time. We'll talk to you then.